Hello, this is Jason E. Welcome to the Trading and Ascension podcast. Let me lay down a couple truths and you'll quickly know whether you should stick around or just move on. Within the known but hidden reality of your life is a version of you that is a master day trader, reaching all of your goals. And part of my life's purpose is to guide you through the personal and spiritual growth journey, revealing that version of you directly towards consistent profitability. And we do that on every episode. How? Well, on every show, our time is invested into unveiling transformative insights, the kind that that spark a fire within you and empower you to take immediate psychology-based actions that help you express the best version of yourself. That's boring. You're boring, everybody. Hey, thinking that? Get out of here. <laughs> Look, this is not entertainment. This is going in for goal attainment. Now for today's episode... Today, we have a special guest on the show. We'll be talking with Anne Hintz, conceived in New Zealand, born in the United Kingdom, and now dwelling in California. Anne is a professional speaker. She's an author and a spiritual teacher. Now, you, you can find Anne on Facebook at Anne Hintz Wisdom. I'm also on a Facebook group on a Pathway to Insight, which is also the name of the book. And you can find her on YouTube as well under her name. So her book is titled A Pathway to Insight, and we'll talk about that today. And Anne can show us the way from inner turmoil to inner peace and a process of releasing disease or dis-ease so our bodies can be more in alignment. Now, Anne has honed an incredible ability. However, it's an ability that we all have. So I'm excited to, to learn from her wisdom today. Um, she has the goal of bringing, it's a lofty goal of bringing uh, world, the world back to peace. So trading ascension listeners, stay tuned. Today we will ascend. So like we hate to drive through, let's get it in. And welcome to the trading and ascension podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here, Jason. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to have you here. And so let's, uh, we're going to build up uh, some fun topics we're going to have today. And I want to just talk about your background in spirituality uh, before we actually dive into some of the, you know, the physical changes and the amazing things that you've done uh, when you were young and, and living, you know, here in the UK uh, in general, what was your your household like from a spiritual or even a religious background? Well, I was baptized into the Church of England and I went to boarding school for quite a bit of my childhood and we were forced to go to church. So that's pretty much it. I, I didn't connect with it in any way. And there was definitely no spirituality, you know, some religion, but no spirituality at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. And so from your story, uh, the, one of the big things that jumps out, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on the date, but it sounds like uh, scroliosis in 2013. Is that accurate? Oh, my, from you're thinking my x-ray. That I had in yeah, 2013. Correct. Yeah. Yes. It. It. They were just orthodontic X-rays, but they really showed how um, bent, <laughs> how bent my neck was, and I think I had had scoliosis since birth because I was actually born with my right foot up against my right shin, and I had oh. physical therapy for the first six weeks. But I think my whole body was kind of talked twisted from that. I didn't know I had scoliosis till I was around twenty or so. 
but it was clear looking at photos of me as a child, it was clear that I had it all along. Awesome. And so um, we'll dive into actually what you did, but I'm, I'm curious about the catalyst. Um, what made you decide to, to go inward to start causing some changes or, or forcing changes in your life? Well, it was something that happened in my late 30s when I was a stay-at-home mother with two young boys. I had a business altercation. You know, it wasn't really much of a business, a very small business on the side business. Um, altercation with a couple of other mothers at school who were very self-confident, self-assured, authority-type women. And I was this scared mother on the inside, and they told me I'd done something wrong. And that was the point that my mind just started spinning out of control. It just went over and over what they'd said and what I'd said and what had happened. And I couldn't let it go. I couldn't sleep. And it was about three days before I started to be able to get my mind back under control. And that's when I realized that I don't think that's normal. I don't think normal people would react so intensely to something that really wasn't a big deal. And that's when I realized, you know, it felt a little bit like how I would react when my dad told me I'd done something wrong in childhood. And so that, for me, that was the little opening into the idea that maybe something from my childhood was still affecting me to this day. And so, you know, I was, I was reactionary. I, was, I could have been called highly strong. I was, my mind was always busy. It was always very judgmental and very critical. And I didn't want to be a mother like that. I really wanted to be a peaceful mother on the inside and the outside. And so that was the start. Yeah. And that's amazing. And I can, I can relate somewhat. I know I've seen in my life places where the birth order being the youngest in my family. And like you had mentioned, walking on eggshells kind of played out in my adult life. So after you, you recognize this. What was your first step? What did you do to say, you know what, I, I see something's going on here. I need to, to work on change. What did you do initially? Right. Well, I didn't really know what to do. And I, I tried out a lot of things over the years, you know, positive thinking and um, done a whole bunch of dietary changes and just, um, you know, listening to different teachers online, but nothing had really worked. But it was in that time frame, and I don't remember how much longer after that it was, but I went to a doctor's appointment, and he happened to be a holistic physician, and I've got no idea why I went to him at the time, but it was nothing to do with emotions and nothing to do with my history. But he recognized I was more stressed than I should be in the situation I was in, and he asked me on a scale of 0 through 10 what my stress level was, and I said 8, and then he asked me why. And it was that question that made me realize, oh, it was from fighting my mother dead on the bathroom floor when I was 19. You know, now I'm in my late 30s, so 20 years earlier, because the tears from that event were still just under the surface. They hadn't gone anywhere. I hadn't dealt with it. And he happened to know this technique that's called EFT, which is short for Emotional Freedom Technique. It's also called tapping because we're tapping on certain places on our body as we're talking through some emotion. So he worked with me for about 15 minutes on my mother's death. And I walked away from that appointment, being able to tell the story of her death in my mind without the tears there anymore. And that was the first time that I realized how we hold those emotions and memories physically in our body and that we can let them go. I had no idea that was possible before that day. 
Wow, that's amazing. And I've heard of tapping. I'm not very familiar with it, but I definitely know the practice. Uh, Would you say you had to continue on that path or was it an immediate release and then it kind of came back? What was the effect after that initial exposure to tapping? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So it was an immediate release. However, it was an immediate release of that surface layer of that memory, right? We talk about being the layers of of an onion, that we are the layers of an onion. So that was that first layer that released. So I did have more work to do on those memories. But what EFT is doing, it's, it's opening up the subconscious mind and expanding our awareness. So once we take one layer off, we're actually shown the next layer. So the next time I worked on my mother's death, there, would, there were more details of the memory that would arise, mm. right? That had been suppressed before underneath those big emotions. Gotcha. So I did have to work on it. But, but that day I went home and I went online and learned everything I could about EFT. It's very easy to learn. It's very simple and it's free. So it's really good. And um, I wanted actually to check out that it worked because I didn't necessarily believe that that one time with the doctor, I didn't believe that it was really as good as it seemed. So I actually wanted to check it out. I actually have an engineering background, so I kind of like to know things are going to work before I actually invest time in them. So at the the time, I had a 17-year-old cat at home, and we'd just been told that his kidneys were starting to fail, and he needed to be given a daily saline shot. Now, I hated injections, always, always have, and I've had many. So I was really scared of doing this. So the first time I actually gave him a shot, my hand was shaking so much. I was so afraid of giving him the shot or of hurting him. And I didn't think I could do it every day. I just didn't think it was going to be possible. So I thought, well, this is a great test case. So I tapped about it. I tapped about every aspect of it, which is part of what you do with EFT. I tapped about my hand shaking. I tapped about my fear of hurting him. And I tapped about all the memories I had had from all the injections I had, because we moved around the world a lot when I was a child. So I'd had many, many injections. And the next day, when I gave him that shot, the needle just slid right in. There was no more fear, no more shaking. And that's when I learned two things or realized two things. I realized that EFT is actually deceptively powerful because it doesn't look like it's doing much, but it really is. And that's when I realized that the freedom is on the other side of that fear. And that's where I wanted to be. So that was a huge incentive for me to actually start using EFT on a daily basis. Wow. And so just to sum it up for someone who hasn't heard of EFT, would you say that it's a technique to remove trapped emotions or how would you define it? Yes, it it lets the stuck energy of emotions release from the nervous system. And it's somewhat like acupressure, right? We're actually tapping on the ends ends of meridian systems as we're bringing the emotion back into the body. So we're feeling the emotion. We will use words to do that. So we'll talk through a memory. And as we're talking through a memory that still has emotions, we will feel those emotions and the tapping will allow those emotions to release from the nervous system. Wow. And so if someone wanted to get started, uh, very beginner, very novice, um, I know you have a few videos on on tapping on EFT. Um, Are they more for... Uh, someone who's a little further down the path, or is that a good place to start uh, for someone who's just a beginner and wants to learn more? 
Well, yeah, it's just for a beginner, or it is for a beginner um, okay. of EFT. It's an EFT demo video, and I talk through as much detail as I can because a lot of the videos these days on EFT, because it's been around for 20 or 30 years at this point, and it's kind of morphed over the years as the people have taken it on and they've kind of done their own thing with it. So they've moved more towards the positive. But from where I am now, I absolutely know it's just the negative that's stored in the body. And EFT works on accepting the negative. Because once we accept the negative, that's when the shift happens. So we don't have to move into the positive. We can at the end. But the tapping itself, the power in EFT is working on releasing the negative. Yeah. And so let's talk about that, about you don't have to move in the positive, but just releasing the negative. I know I've heard you say that emotions are stored in the body and you mentioned that not looking at these emotions holds them in place. Now, that may be confusing on the spiritual journey because someone may want to, you know, just kind of turn the other cheek and ignore some of these things. But why is it important for us to actually look at these emotions in order to, to heal from them? Because that's when they release. If, if we try and think positively. So it's that word try, you know, if we add the, the word try, if we try to think positively, it means that we're not actually accepting the thought we are having or the emotion we're having. And it doesn't go anywhere. If we put another thought on top of it, that energy stays in our body and it stays as part of our signal. I think of it through the law of attraction that the whole of us is a signal and we're attracting back into our future what we're feeling now. So if we're feeling the emotion of some thought, that's, that's the signal we're emitting right now. And if we squish another positive thought on top of it, we've still got that other thought inside of us. So we're still, we're still emitting the same signal. We're not changing our future. And I really wanted to change my future. And I realized to do that, I actually had to change who I am. I had to become someone different. And to do that, I had to release that stored energy inside of me. So it was no longer part of my signal. And, and so you mentioned something really key there that I've heard you say before, and it's being a, uh, an attraction point or a signal. Um, is a signal, is that, I guess that's my word, the, the attraction point. You said signal. Is, is a signal an attraction point or how would you describe that when you're talking about the law of attraction and being a signal? Is that calling something? Is that like a magnet? Can you elaborate on that, please? It is, but I believe that whole of us is a signal. A lot of times we hear a talk about the law of attraction and we hear just the talk about the thoughts and how important those are. But to me, that's just a part of it. There's all sorts of aspects to our signal, right? It's our, it's our gender. It's our size. It's our shape. It's, the, it's our hair. It's our clothes. Everything about us is part of our signal, including our thoughts. But to me, from where I've got on my journey, I know that the biggest part of our signal is that tension that we're holding inside of us from those emotions or those traumas or those beliefs, the things that we have stuck inside of us. It, it's a huge part of our signal. And, you know, someone listening to, the, to this might not agree. They might not think that's the truth. But the thing is, we're just not aware of it until we're shown it. So we haven't got to the end of my story yet. But, but once I was able to put my awareness inside my head, the, the forces pulling my bones out of alignment were just incredible. And I had lived 50 years of my life without the awareness that they were there. I know they were there all along. I just didn't have the awareness until I did. 
Yeah. And so great, great segue into your story. But before we go into that, I just want to get a little bit of detail on the process here. So um, when you talked about awareness, even with the the story of um, meeting the other parents, if we don't have awareness, let's just say we, we have a life that's not ideal. We're not feeling right, but we don't have an awareness. Nothing pops up and says, you know what, this was when my, my dad said this to me. Um, are, are there actions we can take or is that awareness key to moving forward? Are there general taps or just some way you can move forward if you're not specific or do you have to wait for that, that, uh, that subject to come up? That makes sense. <laughs> well, that's a great question. But awareness is is part of the journey. So all we work with is what we are aware of right now, right? So if we're aware that we didn't have a good childhood, that is where our awareness is. And as we work with that and accept that, then the subconscious mind opens up and you start to remember things from your childhood that you had hidden before. So you can only work with the awareness you have right now. And what I did, because I kind of wanted to to force it a little bit more, I was really determined to change, is I wrote down every memory, every emotional memory and belief that I had from childhood. And it was several sheets of paper. And I tapped through one each day for about an hour to an hour and a half each day until I'd gone through the whole list. And, you know, as I as I went through them, more memories would come up. So I'd kind of add to the bottom of the list and just keep going. Wow, that's amazing. I think that's something that I definitely uh, would like to take on. It sounds like a great practice there. So one more thing before we get into your story, and I think this will kind of lead us into it. Um, you've you've said in videos um, how important it is the place you observe from. Um, and you talked about knowing this place and leaving the ego behind. Can you kind of um, detail that as you you talk about the story and the the changes that you've made within yourself? Yeah, well, that kind of comes with the awareness. It's part of that journey of being able to stand back and say, oh, look at me, I'm getting emotional, rather than getting caught up in the emotions, right? To begin with, we're not really aware that we're getting caught up in the emotions. So at the beginning, let's start with the story. Then at the beginning of my story, when I first became aware of EFT and how to use it, I would try and catch myself during the day when I was becoming emotional. And that in itself is not necessarily an easy thing to do, right? Because we do get caught up. We want to get angry. We want to get mad at someone rather than say, oh, look at me. I'm getting mad, right? That's that you're looking at yourself from a different place when you do that. And once you can catch yourself saying, oh, look at me, I'm mad, or I'm sad, or I'm depressed, or I'm anxious, then you can tap on that, right? You can just tap right there as you're in that emotion and allow the energy to release from the body. So it brings you back to peace. So I would do that to begin with, maybe only once a day, I'd catch myself. But as I did it more and more, I was able to catch myself faster and more often during the day, and I would tap and just bring myself back to peace. And I, I use that idea of the law of attraction, right? If I'm, if I'm caught up in those emotions, that's my signal, and I'm tracking that into my future. So what I, I would ask myself, do I want to feel this way again in the future? And usually my answer was no. So then if I don't, then I've got to change my signal right now, right? Because that's where my power is, is in the moment. So if I bring myself back to peace, tap myself back to peace, that is then my signal, right? So I'm feeling peaceful and that's what I'm attracting into my future. 
So I recognized that was how to change my future, which is what I was trying to do. I was trying to find inner peace. So it mm. just became easier and easier. And I noticed as I did it that my mind was becoming more peaceful. I was becoming less reactionary. And things around me were changing. Right, My and interactions with my family were changing. Yeah, that's amazing. And so as you were doing this, did you notice that just the removing of the negative was enough to bring blessings, um, even if you weren't f- focusing on like a specific goal or, or did you have a, a little bit of both or is, is clearing enough to improve things in one's life? Absolutely. The, the clearing was enough to improve things. It was um, once you do it enough, you actually start to have new thoughts. So positive thoughts actually naturally arise once you let go of the negative, which was something totally new to me. I've never experienced it before. And um, understanding and compassion starts to arise, right? If you're tapping on me, I did a lot of tapping about my parents. And as I did and let go of that, you know, frustration and all the emotions I had around things that had happened and things that done, then I could come to a place of understanding, just understanding that they were just doing what they had been programmed to do by their parents. And, you know, the compassion then is there. It's not something you have to go and find. It just arises, which I know is kind of a weird thing to say and weird thing for people to understand because I couldn't have understood it before I experienced it myself. Wow. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it's uh, experiential. Experiential. It's a tough word for me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I, I just love people who are able to share that wisdom there. So you, you were able to take this and you applied it to yourself. So I saw pictures and and they were pretty drastic. And so can you just talk about the the structural changes that you made within your body and, and what prompted you to do that in the before and after? Sure. Can I, let me just talk about the next two steps first. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. as so I said, three steps total, let me, let me just right. highlight this. So three steps you're going through. Okay, go ahead. Right. Sorry. So EFT was the first step and, and the biggest step, to be honest, because it removed so many layers and stored emotions. But as I said, it opens up the subconscious mind and expands the awareness. So as I did this, I became more and more aware of my emotions during the day. And then I became aware at a deeper level which is the physical sensations underneath the emotions, right? Because we use, we use phrases like, you know, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm frustrated. But what we're actually describing is how we're holding tension in our body, right? Because if we're depressed, you know, we're probably slouched down. There's probably tension maybe in our rib cage. Or if we're angry, we've actually got tension probably in our, our jaw, in our fists maybe. So there is that level of awareness. I hadn't been aware of that level before, but I became aware as I did this work. I became aware of those physical sensations. And then I didn't feel like I needed to use EFT as much anymore. I actually use what I call feeling your feelings because I'd been in a group at the time and the guy said, you don't have to meditate. It's all about feeling your feelings. But when he said that every week, I didn't know what my feelings were. But as I kept going through the tapping, I became aware of them. So then I decided one day to try and do what he said. What does it mean to feel your feelings? Sounds so obvious, right? Right. <laughs> but, but it's not, as, at least for me, who had suppressed feelings for so long, it wasn't easy to do. So I would find this, I'd find myself thinking a thought first that had some emotion involved. And for me, it was normally a fearful thought. 
And I'd feel that fear inside of me. And for me, fear is normally tension in my solar plexus area or my stomach. So then, okay, I want to feel that fear in my stomach. How do I do that? And I realized I actually had to hold myself like a statue and stop breathing as I was feeling that tension in my stomach. Because if I moved or if I took a deep breath, I couldn't find it anymore. It just disappeared because it was so used to being suppressed. So I would hold myself like a statue, feel this tension, this fear sitting in my stomach. And I would just, I would talk to it because I wanted to keep my awareness on it. So I would say things like, okay, I can feel this fear sitting inside my stomach. I just want to feel you to allow you to be felt. And at some point I'd need to take a deep breath. I'd let it out. And I would notice there was a shift in that fear. It would have diminished slightly. So then I would think the same thought again and feel the fear and do the same thing. And I would do it over and over again until that thought no longer had any fear left inside of me. And it was, to me, it was amazing. I hadn't known this was possible before. So then I started doing this every day instead of tapping. I would notice when I was emotional and I would just feel those emotions. Kind of like when a, a deer or something has been chased by a lion and then gets away, and it will shake off all those emotions, those feelings, and then get on with life. Yeah? That's what it was like, right? So I would just feel them, and and they would would go away. (laughs) It was eye-opening to me. So I just kept going. And in the evenings now, instead of tapping, I would lay on the sofa, and I would bring collective traumas to mind. So like I would think about my experience of 9-11 or the Loma Prieta earthquake I was in, and I would just feel all those feelings and let them go. And so that was the second step. And then at some point during this journey, I found that I could keep my awareness inside my body after the tension had released. Now, I'd never heard of this before. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just really kind of playing and I found I could do it again. So let me try and explain it to you. Imagine you have a toothache or a stomachache. You can pinpoint with your you know, senses where that pain is coming from, right? Right. Well, once the, the pain is gone, once the toothache or the stomachache is gone, you probably can't get your feeling back to the exact place it came from because there's nothing calling your attention to it anymore. Well, I found I could. I could keep my awareness inside my body. So then I started playing around. Well, I've done it once. Can I do it twice? And I found I could. And then, well, what do I do now that I can do this? And so I would try and move my awareness around inside. And I noticed I could find tension inside. So I would focus on this tension and hold my awareness on it. And it would shift a little bit. And then I'd do it again and again and again. So now I'm doing at a deeper level of awareness what I was doing with EFT and then with feeling the feelings. Now I'm actually inside the body. So I just worked with this, moved around my body, released tension on the inside. Eventually, which was many, many months later, I could actually get my awareness inside my head. And that's when I just became aware of so much pain and tension inside there. It was just amazing to me. And I'm glad I hadn't been aware of it ahead of time because it was so painful that I couldn't have managed that pain before. But now I had a technique I could use. So I just focused on it, let the tension go, focused on it, let the tension go. And eventually I'd get to the place where I could actually feel my bones relax because I'd relaxed enough 
released enough tension and dis-ease from the connective tissue inside my skull that my bones just relaxed. And I didn't know at the time how significant the changes were until I had the x-rays taken last year compared to 2013 and can see that the eye sockets have aligned and my jaw, which was way off to the side, is now more centered and my neck is way straighter than it was and I've grown half an inch as a result of that straightening. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's pretty powerful work for sure. Yeah, and so a couple questions there on um, on number two. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you may have found uh, kind of a way over a hurdle I've been facing. So let me just kind of talk through this. So you, you're finding the emotion. When you say feel what you're feeling, that means feel it in your body, right? So you're searching for that body sense where this emotion lives. Is that accurate? Right. The physical sensations is just the, the phrase I use. Gotcha. Physical sensation. Okay. And I, I find sometimes when I'm seeking out these emotions uh, internally, they tend to the run, they tend to hide. You said two things. You said, one, you were standing very still, sometimes not breathing, and you had this almost loving talk to coax them out. Do you think those are, are two things that can can really help with the the hurdle I'm running into where the emotions seem to just be dissipating and disappearing as I start to seek? Right. Do you actually find them for a moment? Uh, for a moment, yes. Yes. So in that moment, stop right there. Stop. Stop breathing. <laughs> Don't take a deep breath. Just stop in the breath right where you are when you feel them and stop moving. And that way, and talk to them, right? And that way you might be able to focus on them for a little bit longer right? and keep them there. And they just need acceptance. As soon as they're fully accepted and felt, that's when the release happens. Wow. Okay. And then after that, you talked about moving awareness from the body into the head. Um, can you talk about the difference there in, in that awareness from body to head? Yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of weird almost that I, that I couldn't get my awareness in my head. Um, you know, I just had to release enough tension inside my body that, that then my awareness could get close, closer. this is it's weird putting this into words but I just I just was not able to put my awareness inside my head until I'd released enough tension in other places that I then could put my awareness inside my head and it was definitely different and the difference this is just kind of fun for me to tell but might be weird for people to hear it's because I was close to my ears in that as when I released enough tension in one area I would actually hear and feel something release. And it sounded like old fabric ripping. And I didn't know what it was. And I actually did research at that point and realized it's an adhesion in the connective tissue that was releasing. So it was, it wasn't a bad thing. It was a, it was a good thing, but I hadn't been able to hear that happening until I was close to my ears. Right. (laughs) But it was probably happening when I was in my body but it wasn't until I was close to my ears that I actually recognized that's what, what it was. Wow. And so that's amazing. And I, I saw the pictures, like you, the, the ones you had mentioned, the x-rays, and it, it's almost like a new person. You, you look very, very different in those pictures. So we were on, on step two. Is step three, is that the awareness in the body or is there a, yes, another step? Yes, that's the awareness in the body. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's very different. I've had one friend who's managed to do it for a moment. And yeah, she recognized that it was very different. So people will know when it happens because it it's just, it's like nothing you've ever experienced before. Wow. And so number one, EFT, and then 
it sounds like when you start feeling your feelings, you evolve a little bit from EFT, not not so much of a tandem. It's kind of the next step. Um, and then you go from feeling the feelings to moving the awareness from the body to the head. Is that a, a, a good summary of the three steps? Well, the three steps is it's just being able to go inside. <clears throat> so second is feeling your feelings. Third is inside the body. Doesn't matter if it's in the head or not. The head will eventually come, but it's just being able to get inside the body as opposed to just feeling the sensations. Gotcha. And so you use this to to basically change your your structure of your of your cell and your skull. Um, what were the doctor's reactions when they were seeing the X-rays? Well, he was an orthodontist, and he was only interested in the teeth. <laughs> Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he's someone who would even believe that this was not his work. Gotcha. Yeah. And awesome. So, so let's, um, it's just an incredible story and I want to make this uh, applicable to anyone that's, that's listening. Um, we've, we've talked before and I, I did a show on the future self, um, and, making ourselves feel normal with the situation and the circumstance of, of our desires. Um, it sounds like in this three-step process, um, the future self isn't as needed as much as dropping some of the baggage that we're carrying currently. Is, is that accurate? That is true, yes. But, but people can definitely aim for something if they want to. Yeah, the, the first and second steps can apply to pretty much anything. So if if you have a goal in mind and you're not there yet, then there is, there's two types of resistance. Then there's resistance to where we are right now, right? If we want to be somewhere else and we're not there, we're here, then we have some resistance to where we are right now. So we can find that resistance either through beliefs or, or just describing. It's like, I don't like the car I'm driving, right? If you want a different car, then you probably don't like the car you're driving right now. Right. And that is something that we can tap on. Right? We can use EFT. We can find all that resistance. We can tap on everything that we don't like about our car that we have right now. But we also have resistance to the thing we want because otherwise we would already have it. So there has to be something that's stopping us getting it. So maybe it's the money. Maybe it's um, someone will judge us if we have that car. Right. So we want to dig up that resistance that we have. And we can either we can do either step one or step two, right? If we if we don't know the physical sensations and we're not aware at that level, we can we can do the tapping. If we are aware at a deeper level, we can feel what that resistance feels like and allow it to release that way. Gotcha. And yeah, that that makes a lot of sense for traders. And let's let's try to I guess make this more relatable. So as a trader, um, you face. First off, two things, and it's the back, both sides, like you mentioned. One, the the fear of taking action. So there's a lot of fear with, with putting your money in the market and the risk that comes with that. On the other end, there may be some, some blockage um, as far as a money blueprint and the self-worth of thinking, uh, you know, this is the money that I actually am worth um, and I can accept abundance into my life. Um, where would you start um, or where would you tell a trader to start when they're facing uh, one self-worth issues and then also some uh, functionality or some execution challenges dealing with fear? Well, this whole journey has been about acceptance, right? So we accept, we find our truth at each point and we accept it, whether it's through tapping or through feeling our feelings. So if it was me, I would write down every fear I have 
or every belief I have that is holding me back, right? I'm afraid of I'm afraid of losing this money, right? That would probably be a big one. And that would probably be a fear that would hold us back. So I would then tap through that fear over and over again. Now, as I said, I tapped on each thing on my list for about an hour to an hour and a half each day. And I think that's one of the things people maybe try EFT, but they don't do it for long enough. So if I was tapping on I'm afraid of losing this money. I would tap for a significant amount of time over a period of days and actually notice what thoughts and what memories might pop in your mind as you're doing that tapping. Add those to the list and then tap on those as well. That's how you get deeper. That's what, that's what the subconscious mind is doing. It's opening up. And those memories of maybe something someone said to you in childhood, maybe a parent lost some money at some point or someone you know did, those memories will start to pop up as you release those big emotions. And that is a deeper level that you can get to to release that fear at a deeper level. Wow. And and that makes a lot of sense. And I know initially there may be someone listening with a fear of of the EFT, of doing it wrong. Because I know sometimes when we meditate, um, the ego can say, oh, you're doing it wrong. Oh, you know, and it can really try to distract us. Um, is there a wrong way to do EFT? Do you really have to properly learn it? Are there affirmations that have to be used in a certain way? How rigid is the practice as far as getting results? It, it can be pretty rigid, um, but I, it isn't because all EFT is doing, it's releasing energy from the body. So as long as you're tapping and you're, I would say, as long as you're working on negative and it could even be I'm afraid you could start with I'm afraid of doing EFT wrong right that could be the first thing that you tapped about and and let that fear go and then you could actually get on with the work but that's that's the that's the finding your truth at each moment and and we hide it from ourselves right we might not be able to see that fear that I'm afraid of doing it wrong right so we actually have to become aware oh look at me I'm afraid of doing it wrong that's my truth in this moment. And that's what I can work with right now. Yeah. And really building right, rather than that actually, truth. Right. Rather than actually allowing that fear to grab hold of us and stop us doing EFT. Yeah. Because like you yeah. mentioned, when we ignore it, that's when the, the problems start to grow. Yeah. Just stays inside. That fear just stays inside unless we look at it closely, feel it and let it go. So... As far as using this, what are what are you doing in your life right now? Are you using this on a, a day-to-day basis just to make a wonderful life? Do you have some some lofty ambitions? What are you, what are you doing with this wisdom? I do it every day. Now, I'm at the place where I'm actually putting my awareness inside. So I'm working on the tension that's stored in my my cheek, my jaw bones, my tooth roots, my palate, my nose. Those are the areas I'm working on. I do it many, many times a day. It's a part of me now. A lot of people on this spiritual journey, they kind of think it's hard work and they don't realize that it actually feels good. And it's kind of fun to watch the changes that happen. So it's not a chore in any way. It's absolutely the thing I want to do the most. So many times a day, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, whenever I wake up during the night, I feel for that tension, hold my awareness on it and I release it. So that's the biggest part of my life. But, um, you know, things start to change as you do that. Luckily for me, I do have a husband who has a good job, so um, I get to do pretty much what I want to do. So I have my book out there. I'm sharing my story because it's a fun thing to do. Um, I yeah. just started work on a, another book. I don't know how long it will be, but 
just um, about deeper levels of this path. And yeah, eventually I do. I want to be, I want to be traveling around the world, uh, talking to people. It's what I want to be doing. That's amazing. And so that's, that's great. Cause I, I definitely wanted to hear about the path that you're on. And just before that, and I'll, I'll kind of backtrack just a little bit. What prompted you to start sharing this with the world, to write the book, to, to start the YouTube channel? What was the, the transition like to like, wow, I'm getting amazing results. I have to share this. What was that like? I wanted to write down the story before I forgot it, write all the details of what happens and how I did it because I, I knew I was going to get beyond it and I knew at some point I would forget the details. So that's why I wanted to write it down in the book. Um, I'm sharing it you know, for two reasons. I would really love other people to do this work. I would love to have deep discussions with other people who can do this as well. And I know it can benefit other people, but I'm also doing it because I love having deep discussions with people. And, and this is this is the format for doing that for me right now. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think it's an awesome conversation to, to have. Um, are you, um, as far as like, let's just say the next book, because I want to talk about goal setting and how this plays out. Um, when you think about the next book, um, I know there's the resistance and it's kind of like the push and the pull motivation. There's the things that push us forward or, or I should even say the things that hold us back. And then there are the walls that we can't get over. When you're setting goals and like, for instance, getting this book out, are you working on releasing baggage so this book can come to fruition or are you working on hurdles? I guess, how do you address problems? Um, and this will kind of be applicable to the traders out there. I am just going with the flow. If When I find resistance, I will feel it and let it go. And I will do what comes to mind that I should be doing. So I haven't written anything on this last, the second book for a long time. And it just yesterday, I knew it was time to start writing. So I knew the resistance had released to that point. Now I do go out seeking resistance at this point, because I want to heal at a deeper level. But, um, you know, that's just my, that's just my path. Yeah, well, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I know that you have um, the goal, the, the lofty goal of bringing peace to the world. Do you see the more people doing EFT, feeling their emotions? Do you think that's a direct route to, to bringing more peace into the world? I do, because it's, it's our signal, right? So whenever we change our signal, I think we're changing our future. So anyone who can bring themselves back to peace more often or all the time, they're actually affecting the collective future. So I do believe that this work can change the future. Yeah. And I, and I think that we can all get back uh, behind that and back that. I love to have my guests kind of focus on the vision um, or the listeners to focus on the vision of the guests. And I think world peace via um, all of us healing within is a very, very worthy goal. Um what what new do you have going on? I want to give you a, a chance for some from promotion. So we know we can find you on uh, Facebook by yourself as well as the group. Um, also, you're on YouTube. Um, if we are to go to the website, which is anhints.com, that's where they can locate the book. The book is sold on uh, Amazon. It's called A Pathway to Insight, Recapture Your Childhood Buzz. I love that subtitle there. <laughs> um, what else are you promoting or, or have going on right now? Ann? You can also find the x-rays on there. So if someone wants to see um, what actually this work can do to the physical dis-ease in the body, that's where you can go and look at the x-rays. So that's that's it at this point. I am considering I'm writing a 
an online course to lead people more through this work. But at the moment, it's the YouTube channel explains in detail each step and the book explains in more detail, obviously, so that anyone can take up this work. I want it to be as inexpensive and easy for anyone to do as possible, because the more people that do it, the better. Wow. And that's it. That's incredible. Um, so everyone, you can tap in to, to Anne at those resources. Also, she has a, a mailing list on the website. So if you want to join the list and stay in contact that way, um, I think that's a great idea. She did mention the x-rays. You have to go check those out um, on the website. Also, uh, there are pictures. Uh, I believe in one of the YouTube videos, you show that as well. But either way, uh, gorge on this information. There's a lot here, Anne, that as traders, I think we can apply from the three steps to um, the tapping to filling the fillings and then really just moving into the body. Um, I'm so appreciative of the information uh, that you've provided today. Um, I want to ask one last question. It's just about um, the information that you're getting out. Um, are you coaching um, as well? I know you're doing workshops and, and keynote speaking. Do you do one-on-one coaching in any capacity? I do with it with just a small number of people, yes. Gotcha. Excellent. All right. Well, you know where to find her. Um, this is incredible information, Anna. I really love taking action steps on the spiritual path um, and getting action steps to help us navigate the spiritual path. So I'm extremely thankful. Uh, thank you for joining me on the Trading and Ascension podcast. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you for listening. This show was really fun to create, and I'm blessed to be positioned to discuss these topics with you. Um, if you enjoyed and if you benefited from our time together, give this podcast a positive vote, a like, or whatever the platform that you're listening on provides, and I'd really appreciate that. Share this podcast with a trader that you want to see grow into success. And then check out TradingAscension.com for blogs on the trading mindset and trading psychology. You can reach me there as well. Don't miss out on the free trading psychology course. There is nothing like it, and it will no doubt enhance your trading business and results. Now, you'll find videos and links to the masterclass on the website, tradingascension.com. So go get it now. And last thing, remember to be the hero of your story. <laughs>